My name is Jonathan Blackwood. Welcome to My Tech Decisions Podcast. Today's guest is D. Greg Scott, author of Bullseye Breach, Anatomy of an Electronic Break-In and Virus Bomb. Greg and I discuss the importance of cybersecurity, including malware attacks, ransomware attacks, the fallout, and strategies to be put in place to avoid and mitigate such attacks. Greg also explains why he began writing fiction about cyber attacks in order to better spread the word of the dangers of these types of threat actors. Anyone interested in learning more about the potential downfall of cyber attacks, as well as strategies to put in place to mitigate such attacks, should give this interview a listen. Enjoy. Before we get to the interview, a quick reminder that My Tech Decisions podcast is now available on iTunes and the Google Play Store. Make sure to subscribe in order to instantly download the latest interviews with expert AV integrators, IT providers, security installers, technology manufacturers, and commercial technology decision makers like yourself. If you like what you hear, you can leave a comment and rate the podcast as well. Search for My Tech Decisions Podcast on iTunes and the Google Play Store. Download and subscribe. Now let's get to the interview. My name is Jonathan Blackwood. Welcome to My Tech Decisions podcast. Today's guest is D. Greg Scott, author of Bullseye Breach, Anatomy of an Electronic Break-In, as well as Virus Bomb. Uh, Greg, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thanks for having me, Jonathan. I appreciate it. Well, we appreciate having you on. Now, uh, Greg has had a, a long career in uh, the IT space, in the cybersecurity space, and now he's he's moving kind of into that author space. And I, I encourage everyone to uh, check out some of his work, and and uh, we'll get to that a little bit later. But uh, first to start, we invited Greg on uh, because he's someone who really has thought about what the worst case scenario is for different types of cyber attacks. And uh, we're doing our cybersecurity track in 2019. Uh, so first, uh, Greg, we want to talk about malware, and then we want to talk about ransomware, which are very closely related. But to start, uh, in the corporate sense, in the corporate world on a commercial setting, what is a malware attack? Oh, boy, any malicious software. <clears throat> you know, think of ransomware as a as a subset of, of a malware attack, really. They're not, they're not two separate things. One's a subset of another. Anytime anybody introduces software into a system that's contrary to the stated purpose of that system, it's malicious, and so we'll call it we'll call it malware or malicious software. That's kind of the summary of it. And th- and there's a lot of different ways that people introduce uh, malware into a, a system. What are what are some of the uh, oh, most often utilized ways to to distribute malware from threat actors? Far and away, the most frequent thing we see is um, social engineering. If you can, and people, people are the last and best defense against this stuff. And there's, there's, there's no technology anywhere that's 100% foolproof, and there's no government agency that's going to protect us. But the most common, the most common attack is send your, send your target an email 
and persuade your target to do something stupid with that email. Op to, to open open the attachment, and the attachment contains a malicious program that compromises your computer. And now you have a beachhead into the whole network, and you can you can you can destroy lots of stuff. Well, how does that happen? <clears throat> I <laughs> I'm one, I'm probably one of the few people on the planet that collects this stuff. I've got some really I've got some really good samples. I have one. I have one that, that claims to come from the Congolese Liberation Army, and they want to send me a few tons of gold. If only I'll give them my bank account so that they can, <laughs> so that they can, so they they can um, deposit money for me. I I think that's why they want my bank account. I'm not really. I never did quite figure that out. But you know, the Congolese Liberation Army wants to send me gold. I I say send over a truck, man. <laughs> we'll unload it at the front door. <laughs> I had another one. I have tons and tons and tons of emails that are that are um, fake invoices. Dear dear Infra Support, here's your invoice from XYZ Corporation. Please remit at your earliest convenience. And then there's a there's an attached zip file. Open the attach open the attached zip file, and it's going to be full of malicious software, and it's going to do bad stuff to my system. Or um, the other one is, dear, Gr <laughs> hey Greg, why did you send me this terrible horrible invoice? Bleep you. And that and that's supposed to get me all upset, so that I'll trigger the attached Word document, or I'll launch the attached Word document that's got a macro on it that's going to cause a problem. So there's just all kinds of all kinds of attacks like that. You know, I tell people this stuff is 50% technology and 50% psychology. Just because it's the internet doesn't mean we need to lose our common sense. That's far and away, far and away the most common attack. Um, I hear an email claiming to come from the CEO. <clears throat> from uh, from Joe Smith, CEO of XYZ Corporation, to the receptionist, please wire $100 million to our overseas account in, in Singapore. We need to do this fast to cover some bills. <laughs> that, <laughs> that stuff actually did happen. Millions of dollars got stolen that way. It's called CEO fraud. All kinds, all, any, kind of a, any kind of a scheme you can imagine, now we use the Internet to, to, to uh, move that stuff really, really, really fast. It's far and away the most common. Not the only attack, but it's the most common one. Sure. Well, you know, obviously there's some absolutely ridiculous ones, and and people could look in their in, inbox probably right now and 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 find some ridiculous ones. And as you mentioned, it, it's about common sense, and and common sense, especially on the internet nowadays, it's not very common. And a lot of employees <laughs> have a tough time kind of understanding what they should be looking for when it comes to malware attacks. And that could be because of improper training. It could just be because they're not as technology savvy as other people are. But if you were talking to a group of employees about what to look out for for malware attacks, and obviously, you know, the the Nigerian prince, uh, you know, offering you gold or whatever it might be, is something that is, <laughs> is a bit of a cliche. But there are some yeah. more sophisticated attackers. There are some uh, more uh, believable oh, sure. hoaxes out there. Uh, what are some things that uh, employees should be looking out for to make sure that they're not the person that compromises their entire company by clicking on the wrong link? It's all the, the same stuff we've heard for the past 10 years. Never, 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 never open an email attachment unless the person next to you in, in, in voice that you can look at and see real human says, yes, I did send that to you. Never, 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 never click on a, an embedded link. Here's an email that came from your bank, and you you have an irregularity in your bank account. Click here to make everything all better. Well, don't click here. Don't do it. The other thing is learn to decide. And this is advice you haven't heard for the past 20 years. 
learn how to decipher email headers. Now, I know that sounds technological when I say email header, and that freaks people out. But, you know, it, it's not – it's kind of like learning what the brake pedal does and what the gas pedal does, how the steering wheel works in your car. Learn how to learn how to decipher email headers and learn how to look and see whether or not that email came from where it claims to come from. And that that can alleviate a whole lot of the trouble. Um, the other thing, keep your keep your keep your computers and your cell phones and all your devices, keep them all up to date. Keep them patched. But a lot of times these the um bad guys run pro send send you malicious programs that take advantage of known bugs and Windows or known bugs with Android or known bugs with iOS. And by the way, Apple has its share of attacks too. <clears throat> and so keep those device patched, those devices patched so that you don't have the known bugs inside your devices so that if if by some chance a, a malicious program happens to run, it won't work right because you've patched the bug. So if I were talking to oh, and I've talked to more than my share of groups of employees so I pound. Sometimes I'll. I, sometimes I want to just. I don't want to pound the table. I want to. I want to jump up on top of the table and stand there and holler. Don't open attachments. You know, and do the common sense stuff. Learn how to do email attach. Learn how to deal with email attachments. And also be careful about which websites you visit. Um, <clears throat> Facebook and eBay and YouTube and um, a lot of these other places. You want to be careful about browsing those. Uh, browsing those at work. And especially the Facebook games and other other social media games, just just stay away from those. There, there's too many things that can go wrong. That would that would be my advice to end users. And my advice to IT departments would be keep your stuff patched. And my advice to managers who oversee IT departments would be support your IT departments when they want to patch these systems. I had a customer one time, and I had a server, and I had some trouble patching it, and they. They wanted me to stop. Don't don't do any more work on this. We're paying you too much money, <clears throat> and and that was the wrong call. Because that server, it, there was a there was a patching problem and a, and a weird dependency that I was able to nail. But if you if you in the in the IT world, the jobs the jobs that we do change from day to day to day. Cars always do pretty much the same stuff, but computers do different jobs, and so we it's vital to keep up with those patches. So that would be my advice. Well, I, I think that I think you hit on a very interesting point right there, which is that outside of the IT department, people don't really realize how difficult cybersecurity is and, and, and how much it changes, honestly, on a almost on a minute to minute, hour by hour basis. As an IT manager or and, and in your career, how do you convince upper management that maybe doesn't have that same understanding or is worried about the cost of things? How do you convince them, uh, <laughs> right? How do you convince them to, oh, to allow you to put in place the what is necessary to make sure that your cybersecurity is as bolstered as possible? There's a can of worms question. Well, a couple <laughs> things. It, it is true that tactics change minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day. That is true. But the, but the concepts haven't changed in the past 50 years. Con jobs are still con jobs. We just have the internet now to, to run it. And <clears throat> all the security concepts that we've all talked about forever, they're the same concepts as they were back when I had hair on the top of my head in the 70s. They're, the concepts are identical. We just have better technology to move stuff around faster. The other part, how, how have I been able to convince managers and decision makers to do the right things with this stuff? Um, 
I think I think you'll get this answer from a lot of people. I've mostly failed at it. That's the that's just the dead truth of it. I've mostly failed at it. If if we could convince managers and boards of directors and decision makers to do what they need to do with security, we wouldn't see headlines every day about about these these huge data breaches because the the good guys would do the stuff they're supposed to do. One time, <clears throat> I was talking to an organization leader. And I was trying to tell him about all the all the dangers and all the things you got to do and all the tips and tactics and stuff. And he stopped me about 10 seconds in. He says, Greg, just tell me what I need to know in 25 words or less. You know, it was frustrating. This is, like, this is a person who spent, who spent years and years and years studying Greek so he could get all the right Bible translation stuff. <laughs> and I, that, that, I went away mad that day, but I thought about it and thought about it and thought about it. And I came up, I came up with the solution for, for Bruce. And this is the solution. If you're if you're a non-technical board of directors or a manager, and, and technology is not your thing, but you know it's important, but you don't know why, there's six. It's a six-word rhyme that you need to memorize, and this is it: care and share to be prepared. Six words. Everything else flows from there. Care enough about your security to actually invest in it, and then share what you learn liberally with everybody. The sharing part is a little bit counterintuitive. Most most times, people hold all the security stuff really, really, really close to the vest, and they don't, they don't tell the world about it. And I'm convinced that's, that's a lot of the reason why we keep making the same mistakes over and over and over and over again, because nobody talks about it. Well, bad guys share. Bad guys, attackers, spend all night long on the Internet talking to each other, learning how to make their attacks better for the next morning. They collaborate all the time, all the time, all the time, and that's why the attacks get so much better. But the good guys don't share with anybody. It's an ongoing investigation, so we're, we can't talk about it. Well, what that really means is we're too embarrassed because somebody penetrated us and we don't want to talk about it. That's what that usually really means. What we should do is we should talk about it. When an, when, when an event happens, we should document front to back, top to bottom, what happened, what broke, what we do to fix it, and why do we fix it, and why do we think it's better, and we should share that. We should present it at conferences and publish it in articles all over the place. And so that's the sharing part. If everybody shares, then we can learn from each other's mistakes, and we can, and the good guys can also get better, and we can beat the bad guys. Long-winded long answer, but, you know, help, help, help me with this podcast. Help people like me with this podcast convince decision makers they need to get serious about this stuff. It can happen to you. It's not somebody else's problem. It's all of our problems. Problem. Well, I, I think that I think you again. You make another great point, and I think that one of the problems, the big problems, is around the and not about the sharing. I think the sharing. I think I think you hit the nail on the head. It's it's a way to save face. But I think one of the other big problems is that what you see in the news is the Target data breach, a, a huge company and a huge data breach, and it makes the news because it's such a big deal. What you don't yeah. see in the news is the smaller medium business in in Kansas that got taken down and and it's a you know ten to fifteen million dollar a year business and no one heard about it but they're under now because they were they succumbed to a cyber attack and and that's not going to be in the news but it's a very real thing that happens so for those that's small bad. and medium businesses what are you, you know give them a sense of this is why attackers will come after you and this is what they'll do to you. And this is why it will, uh, you know, this is why you need to try and prevent that. Like what happens yeah. to the small and Good medium point. business that gets hit? 
Good point. Good point. I'm glad you brought that up. Because you talk to any small business owner, anybody, any small business owner across the United States, and get into a conversation, and sooner or later, they'll say, what is all this? We're not national security here. This isn't the NSA. We're just, we just make widgets. That's all we do. Nobody cares about anything we've got. Why do I want to spend all this time and effort on security? And they'll look at you like a deer in the headlight. Well, here's, it might be true. Nobody, want, nobody wants to steal your accounting records. Nobody cares about that. But what you have that they want is a connection to the Internet, you also have contacts. You also have bigger customers who are your customers. You're, you, might, you might not be the ultimate attack target. You might be the, the path. You might be part of the path to the ultimate attack target. You might be a link in a chain. That's why, that's why you have what bad guys care about, and that's why you need to protect yourself. You, um, you mentioned you brought up the target breach. And and my my book Bullseye Breach had a had a it documents a similar episode at a fictional retailer named Bullseye Stores in Minneapolis, and in the Target breach, a um, it was a plumbing company or an HVAC company. In the real world Target breach, it was in Pennsylvania, uh, an HVAC company had access into Target's invoicing system, and somebody and and these guys didn't care about security. They didn't have any antivirus or any just the basic stuff. So somebody penetrated this HVAC company, HVAC or plumbing, I forget which now, I can never remember, Fazio Mechanical. It was, it, it was HVAC, I remember, it was HVAC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so that, that, was, that was the attack vector into Target, and then Target didn't segregate their network properly. So once the bad guys had access into that invoicing system, they had free reign, well, they did some other stuff, but they ended up with free reign across Target's entire network. And that's how they were able to penetrate 20-some-odd thousand point-of-sale systems because of Fazio Mechanical. And I still remember the word Fazio Mechanical. That was five years ago, six years ago, late 2013. Yeah. It, was, it was five years ago. I still remember that name. I wonder how much, how good for business was all that publicity about them being an attack vector into Target. So if you're a small business, think about Fazio Mechanical. And think about think about whether or not you want you you want to be in that same position, and then decide whether or not it's worth money to secure your own data. Well, and it's and it's more than the money too, especially for small and medium businesses. And and there are yeah, organizations out there that you can hire and and that can come in and like it, I, I think a lot of small and medium businesses also get caught up in the you know I don't have the money to hire a cybersecurity expert. But yeah, you don't yeah. need to hire a full-time employee to handle your cybersecurity necessarily. There are organizations out there that can help with that, are there not? Oh, yeah. Oh, you betcha. I, they're, and they're, they're all hungry for business, too. Believe me. I, was, I used to be one of them. I used to, I used to be one of them. And um, I, I, I could never get anybody to pay close enough attention. That's why I wrote fiction. I decided there, you, sometimes you can use fiction to, um, to present truth better than the news. And so I wrote fiction, and maybe if I can persuade people to spend 15 or 20 bucks on a book, then they'll read the book, and then they'll get shocked, and then they'll go out and do the right thing they need to do for security. That's kind of, that was kind of the idea. <laughs> I spent a lot, of, a lot of time and effort on that. I, I think that makes a lot of sense, and I, I, it's a poignant point that sometimes it takes it, it takes a, a lie to bring out a larger truth, and that's the idea behind fiction sometimes. But let's um, well, not a let's, lie, not a lie. It's sure, fiction. sure. We but, tell everybody it's fiction. 
Sure, sure. But with fiction, you, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes you need to uh, sometimes you need to craft the story to really make people understand what the story is trying to tell you. Yes, that's but, a better way to put it. Sure. <laughs> Apologies. But uh, let's move on to ransomware, because I think that especially for small and medium businesses, I think that ransomware is something that uh, is really a potential for attack, because all they need to do is Huge. if they get the credentials of someone just in the in the upper suite, then they can bring uh, then they can just start more or less siphoning money off of uh, the company. Can you tell us how ransomware is the next step after malware yeah. sometimes and, and what happens with yeah. companies then? Yeah. Yep, and it's not even the upper suite, it's anybody. And so ransomware, a ransomware attack means I do something to your data, and then if you pay me a ransom, well, then I'll fix whatever it is I did to your data. Kind of like a protection racket, you know, an old-fashioned protection racket from the movies. Sure. So, And I fought off a ransomware attack one time. I'm kind of proud of that. So in, in a typical ransomware attack, well, the city of Atlanta was in the news last year or the year before, whatever year it was, what, um, they somebody scrambled all their documents, and so now suddenly the city of Atlanta was shut down because they all their databases were scrambled, all their documents were scrambled. Just pay some money to somebody overseas in Bitcoin, somebody anonymous in Bitcoin, and then they'll send you the decryption key so you can so you can decrypt all the stuff that they encrypted. Apparently, these ransomware guys too provide pretty good customer service because they <laughs> they live by reputation. If they if they don't if you if you if if they don't send the decryption keys after you pay the ransom, well then they get a bad reputation and nobody will want to do business with them anymore. <laughs> custom customer, how's that for good customer service from Crook? <laughs> so in a ransomware attack, Alice at her at her workstation opens the wrong email attachment or visits the wrong website and runs at, and accidentally runs a malicious program inside her computer. And that program reaches out to any file that Alice has access to and scrambles it. And then it puts, and then it leaves a, a file in that directory that says that, that with instructions for how to, how to unscramble it. Usually it's a, it's a payment in Bitcoin to some, to somebody, some, some anonymous somebody somewhere. That's how it starts. That's ran, that's ransomware in a nutshell. The only defense, well, a couple the, all the cybersecurity stuff we talked about, <clears throat> those are proactive defenses. The only reactive defense against against the ransomware attack is good backups. It's the only defense. Sure. If you if you don't have good backups, you're you're just you're hosed. Long and the short of it is you're hosed. There's no there's no there's no there's no good way to unscramble those things that have been scrambled. They use the same strong encryption that that, that everybody else uses for strong encryption. So keep good backups. If, if, if you don't, if your listeners don't get any lesson at all out of this, keep good backups and then practice restoring those good backups from bare metal if you, if, if, if you can. If Atlanta okay. would have had good backups, that would have saved millions and millions and millions of taxpayer dollars. And, the, you know, and the, nobody in Atlanta talked about what happened or why it happened or what measures they put in place so it never happens again. I followed that for a couple months, and 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 I was I just the more I looked, the matter I got, because the look at the press conferences they didn't they didn't they didn't they didn't give any useful information. No, we we do a uh, we do a weekly who got hacked uh, feature, and it and it literally it's it's weekly. There's multiple stories about different cyber attacks that have occurred all over the place, companies large and yeah. small, 
And I've noticed that in yep. the last several months, and I, I, I don't have it off the top of my head, but there were multiple full towns that had that had malware uh, attached and then were being held ransom and the entire town's computer system was was being held at ra- ransom. And that's I mean, that's a dangerous yeah. thing. I think yeah. that I, I think that to your point, I think if more small, smaller medium businesses thought of it that way, you know, like. What if your small town was hacked? You know what I mean? It's it's the same idea. Mm-hmm. Like, why would someone ever go against some small town in 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 whatever state? Well, the same reason that they would go for a small business, because it's probably easier to get into than those large. The payout might not be as big, but they don't need as big yep. of a payout. They just need to do it three or four times to get a, a, a significant, significant amount of money. It's it's pretty yeah. crazy. But yeah. um going a, a few singles wins games, yeah. To the yeah. city of Cooksbury, Massachusetts. The police department, the Tewksbury, Massachusetts Police Department. Think about that. The police department paid a ransom to crooks to unscramble their 911 system and, and other stuff. The police department. It's 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 crazy, and and it's almost like those are the most vulnerable because the government might not have the means to be able to pay for those kind of things, and and it's it's a Time, whole wait, shift. Wait that wait needs wait 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 wait. Time out. Time out right there. Not Go. doesn't have the means. It doesn't need to cost a fortune to take to do proper security precautions. Backups. You can do backups for a few hundred dollars. You can you can there's a if you forget about cloud backups and copying stuff to a cloud server or anything like that. You could you can buy a USB pour a four terabyte USB disk and plug it in somewhere and you can and you can set up some automation to back everything up to that disk every night and you keep keep a rotation so you have the disk not connected to anything you can probably do that for under $200 I mean that's crazy well, and, I, and people just don't do it yeah. out of out of ignorance or out of laziness or 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 what do you think it is mostly ignorance mostly yeah. ignorance some laziness mostly yeah mostly ignorance some laziness and and vigilance it's it's a lot of work to stay vigilant on that stuff Sure. The, well, the Tewksbury Police Department thought they had good backups, and and they and they did make regular backups. But the mistake they made was they kept the backup, they kept the backup copy of everything online, so the, so the system that they were backing up could see the backup copies of what it was oh. making. And so when the when the malicious software hit, the malicious software found that backup copy and and also scrambled it. So part of the key is when you do your backups, keep a rotation so you have a backup so you have a backup system that the main system can't see all the time. That's a big deal. People think that cloud backups are inherently safer because we're sending it to the cloud and it's somewhere else. Well, that part's true. Environmentally, it might be safer because of, because these big cloud providers have all kinds of redundancy. But if your if your system making backups can see the backup that it's making well then well then the backups are every bit as vulnerable it doesn't and it doesn't matter where on the planet they are so if you're going to do backups put a layer put a layer between yourself and the backups so have a have a system whose only job is to do backups that system reaches out across the network backs everything else up to where it's supposed to go and and that's all it does that system itself has no direct connection to the internet at all it so it can see locally and it can see the backups, but no one else can see it. Then your then your backups are insulated. <clears throat> you can probably do that. You could easily do that in a small business setting. You could do something like that for under a thousand dollars. 
which which it's is not, which not is not bad at all. That's not. I mean, it's really it's really nothing to to most organizations that would require. No. You know, you know what I mean. That that would require. Yeah, yeah. That it'd be necessary to do these types of things for. You know, basically, yeah, yeah. unless you're a mom and pop shop and and you have one store, then you can probably handle that. But um, just yeah. uh, w- one last question, kind of uh, bringing everything that we've talked about uh, together for for IT managers uh, that are out there. Um, and, and you've, you've already mentioned so many things, so it, it'll be tough to kind of, uh, wrap this all up, but, uh, what would you say, would you say it's, it's all about the, the prevention in that case? Is that where they should focus most of their energy on the preventative measures? Half and half. Okay. If you, if you're a company with a hundred employees, let's say that's a hundred potential, a uh, hundred potential attack vectors. And so any 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 probability of any attack, multiply that probability by a hundred. So, so sooner or later, somehow, some way, the odds are pretty good you're going to get penetrated somehow. So focus on prevention, of course. And and the way you focus on prevention is education and teach people to be vigilant, teach all the common sense things we talked about. But you also need to you also need to worry about incident response because an incident is going to happen. Somebody's going to have a laptop stolen or somebody somehow they're going to get in. So what do you do? What do you do if somebody attacks you and you come in in the morning and all your documents are scrambled? How are you going to recover from that? What do you do if, if somebody steals a laptop and, and that, that laptop has access to data it's not supposed to have access to? How are you going to respond to that? You've got to think these things through. So my answer would be do, do both. Do both. Half, do, focus half your energy on one, half your energy on the other. Okay. All right. Well, if anyone in our audience uh, wants to read a fictional account of, of something, of, of some of the worst case scenarios of what can happen rather than waiting for it to happen to them and experiencing it in real life, I suggest uh, going and checking out Greg's uh, um, uh, novels uh, that he's written. Uh, he's already got one out there. He's got another one, Virus Bomb, uh, that's coming out in 2019. Uh, Greg, how can they find out more about you, uh, more about your writing, more about your career? Check out my website at dgregscott.com. D is in Daniel, so dgregscott.com. And Virus Bomb is out there now. And um, actually, Bullseye Breach, if, if, if you want to do a seminar live or something like that, I can get copies of Virus Bomb right now, and we can do, we can do seminars and stuff like that. It, it, um, it'll, <clears throat> sorry about the cough. It'll be available on retail uh, starting in May, in May of this year. So either way, dgregscott.com, D as in Daniel. That's, the, that's where to find out everything. Okay, well, we'll be able to. Uh, we'll be sure to also include that link uh, on my Tech Decisions website, along with uh, this podcast episode. If if you guys are listening on iTunes or the Google Play Store, um, or just go directly to uh, to to uh, Greg's website, uh, D. Greg Scott, author of Bullseye Breach: Anatomy of an Electronic Break In and the uh, upcoming Virus Bomb. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I enjoyed it. Thank you. So did we. Thank you for listening to My Tech Decisions Podcast. Here at Tech Decisions, it's our mission to help you do your job better. If you'd like to learn more, head over to www.mytechdecisions.com or follow us on Twitter at MyTechDecisions. I'm your host, Jonathan Blackwood, Managing Editor of Tech Decisions, and you can find me at Blackwood Tweets. Thank you again for listening and good luck with all of your installations and implementations.